You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. This is our last installment of Stronger. Who's been here for most of it? JD started it, I think, the beginning of March, and it has been a really great series. So if you have not heard any of the messages, they, were, they follow, you know. So go back into our podcast, go to our website, and listen to the first three, which is really, really great. Um, I have entitled this message, Answer the Call. The title of this message is Answer the Call. And I'm going to read you the passage. So if you have your Bibles with you or you have the shiny thing that has a Bible app in you know, in there. Um, If you could pull it up, John 5, I'm going to reference it a lot. So John 5, verse 1 through 9, and I am reading out of the ESV version, but you can read out of whatever version you want. Um, I'm going to read this, and then we will pray. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Let's pray. God, I thank you this morning that you have already begun to work in people's lives. You have already begun to speak to each person in this place. And the cry of our hearts, God, is that we would leave this place touched by you. Because the moment we come in contact with your your voice, with your heart, God, everything changes for us. We know, Father, that when we encounter you, everything changes. And so I pray this morning, God, that not a single person would leave this place without encountering you, without hearing, Father, your voice in their ears, without feeling your heart touch theirs. God, I thank you that you are for us. You love us. You love to speak to us. You love to speak to us. We don't have to beg you to speak to us. You want to. So I thank you this morning that you are and that you're making things clear and that you're making the invitation and we are responding. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now if you have a Bible or I mean if you have a notebook or journal or a phone or something, I'm going to encourage you to do one thing for me today. Is to have that in your hand, the pen, the paper, the notebook, you know, and just leave it open and write down what you feel is what do you feel in your heart? Write down something. Leave this place with something that you feel like God has said to you. Let me encourage you, it's not an audible voice, but you will hear something. And take that for you. Take that for your week. Don't just let it end here, but write it down so you will remember throughout the week. Okay? So have you ever found yourself at the end of your rope? Like you were out of options. Like It was the end of the road. You didn't know where else to go. You didn't know what else to do. Like that was it. You were just stuck. 
Like you felt like you have done everything you knew how to do. You have gone as far as you could go. And that was where you were. That's it. Stuck. See, I remember feeling like that many, many years ago at a job. Um, most of you know, JD and I came from Houston. And while in Houston, before working at Lakewood, I was a leasing consultant for an apartment complex. Actually, I was a leasing consultant for several apartment complexes because I switched jobs a lot. <laughs> But I worked as a leasing consultant, and I don't know if you know what that entails, but what it is is really sales. So you have to um, encourage people to lease an apartment where you are working, right? So basically, you have to sell that apartment to them. And in Houston, that's a big task because there's a new apartment complex coming up down the street in the next few months. And there's like new construction all the time. And so for you to sell your apartment, it's actually a big deal. You have to, you know, put in a lot of effort and tell people why that place is better than the one next door. And so I did that, but I remember... One day, I just remember walking towards where our mailboxes was, and I took my break, you know, and I was just sitting there going, God, I know this is not what you called me for. I know we did not move all the way from Brazil to here for me to be leasing apartments because, quite frankly, this is not enough. I didn't, you know, and so I felt like I was just really stuck. It was this feeling I was like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not what I'm supposed to do in my life, but I don't know where else to go. And I don't know what else to do. And I have come to the end of my rope. Now, maybe you're feeling like that right now. Maybe you're like, you know what? My job really is a dead end. I feel like there's, there's nowhere to go from here. Maybe you're feeling that way. And we've been talking about weakness. And sometimes weakness is not sin. Right? Sometimes what we're struggling with and the weakness that we're struggling with is not necessarily sin. But it is blindness. It is not being able to see any further. It's not being able to see what's ahead. It's being stuck because you can't see anything further. And this is, um, and so I want to point out this story, an exchange that Jesus had with this man in Jerusalem. This exchange actually sheds light on the something that we may be going through, something that we might be facing today. And so I'm going to break down, you know, parts of this verse. Like I said, I'm going to reference back to this passage a lot. The first part is verse 1 to 3, 1 through 3, that says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five colonnade roofs. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind lame and paralyzed now the first thing I want to point out in this passage is the multitude of invalids I looked up invalid an invalid means a person made weak or disabled by illness or injury a person who is made weak and I thought about this and maybe you're not disabled maybe you haven't been made weak physically but maybe you have been made weak in your soul there's an injury in your soul Maybe it comes from no one ever believing in you. Maybe you have been fending for yourself your whole life and it's never gotten better than okay. It's always been mediocre at best. And maybe that weakness is a soul one. And there's three kinds of invalids that Jesus refers or that the passage refers to here. And I want to break down those three kinds of invalids. The first one is, he notes is the blind. Now we know that a blind person is a person that is not able to see. But like I said, maybe you can see, right? Maybe you can physically see. But worse than not being able to physically see is, is having spiritual blindness. 
It's not being able to perceive. It's not being able to capture. You know, it's worse because you, you, you walk through life with no direction. You walk through life just kind of dealing with what comes at you instead of with purpose and intent. You're just kind of aimlessly walking. And at some point, you end up in this kind of hamster wheel where it just spins and spins. And you keep walking and walking and walking, but you're really going nowhere. Right? Spiritual blindness will lead us to keep going but ending up nowhere. The other kind of blindness, I mean, the other kind of invalid that is pointed out in this passage is the lame. Now, a lame person is someone who is not able to walk normally. They have a limp of sorts. And again, maybe your limp is not physical, but it is spiritual. Maybe someone has hurt you and made you limp. Now you walk with this pain. You walk with this hurt. You walk with this chip on your shoulder. Maybe somebody has abandoned you. Maybe somebody has hurt you. Maybe has someone has made you bleed and you are walking around hurt and limping and not trusting and not being able to be your full self because you cannot be vulnerable again. And so maybe there's that limp that you're walking around with. The third invalid the passage notes is the paralyzed. And we've, we know what a paralyzed person is. A person that cannot move is literally, you know, physically stuck. But a paralyzed spirit is even worse. It's a spirit that is paralyzed by fear. It's fear driven. And so a spirit that cannot move, a person that cannot go forward, that cannot take the steps, that cannot be adventurous, that cannot try new things because they, the fear is so overwhelming. And so they're afraid of failing. They're afraid of moving. They're afraid of, of not making it. They're afraid of not being enough. They're paralyzed by circumstances. And maybe you have been paralyzed by circumstances. Life has just hit you way too hard. And at this point, trying again is not an option. So that third invalid is a paralyzed. I want to go back into the passage because Jesus is here for you as he was for that man. Jesus is here for you today. He has arrived and he is standing next to you. So if we go back to verse 6 and 7, it says, When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to the man, Do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Now, there's two interesting things about this exchange. Number one, Jesus himself, right? Jesus is talking to this man. Jesus looks at him and said, sir, do you want to be healed? Now, here's what's interesting to me. The man is so distracted by his weakness. He is so distracted by his current situation, his present situation, that he is unable to see anything else. He is hyper-focused on himself. His eyes are turned to himself. All he can see is himself. And he cannot notice who is asking him anything. He cannot see beyond himself. And oftentimes when we have a weakness, that's what we do. We look at ourselves and all we can see is ourselves. And we look inward and we stay inward. And because we can't, because we are not strong enough, because the problem is in us, we cannot see anything outside and look past what is actually around us. And let me tell you, friends, sometimes we're so hyper-focused on our emotions. Our emotions begin to dictate our life. And I want to tell you this morning that emotions are great indicators but terrible leaders. 
They could reveal what's going on inside and you should pay attention to them because they're telling you that there is pain, there's hurt, there's stuff going on inside, there's darkness inside, but they should not lead how you behave. They should not lead what you do. They should not lead your life. But the other thing that I find really interesting in this passage is that the man referred to, to Jesus as sir, which not rabbi, not teacher, which tells me he didn't know who Jesus was. He did not know that Jesus was able to heal him. He was looking at other sources, at other people to save him when the Savior was standing in front of him. So he was looking at people like, sir, I don't have anybody to take me down to the water. Because it was known that the first person to get in the water when it was stirred, there's a whole story there. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave that story for later. Um, but he could not see Jesus who was standing in there ready to heal him. Right? He was... He did not know who Jesus was. And friends, this is the question I want to, I have a couple of questions for you today. Number one, what are you suffering from? What is your weakness? What is taking over your life? Are you consumed by the addiction? Are you exhausted by all the struggles and everything that's coming to you? Is your mind unable to see past your hurt, your pain, what's going on with you? Are you able to, to see anything else? And my other question to you is, do you recognize who is calling you? Can you see Jesus standing in front of you? Jesus is calling. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the friend. Jesus is the savior. Jesus is the one that can answer the questions you have been asking. And he is standing in front of you. Can you see him? If we go on further in verses 8 and 9, we read that the man has a triumphal victory. You know, Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once... The man was healed. Immediately, the man was healed. And he took up his bed and walked. See, Jesus said to the man, get up. And I want to point out a couple of things here. So Jesus tells him three things that I believe is relevant for you and I this morning. The first thing Jesus says to him is get up. It is your responsibility to get up. Okay, Jesus is not going to force you up. Jesus is not going to come and lift you from your situation. You have to get up and say, I will rise. I will get out of this. So it's a decision that you have to make. You have to believe. Believing is your responsibility. No one can believe for you. It is your responsibility. So you rise. You get up. You answer the call. Okay? It is a position of your heart. You have to position your heart and your spirit to believe even when you don't see it. Before the man knew he was healed. Can I say that? He had to rise to know that he was healed because he was laying on a bed. Nothing would have told him unless he, he did. He, made the, he took the step unless he stood up. So you have to rise. The second thing Jesus said to him is take up your bed. Now there's two implications here. Number one, take up your bed means work. Okay, there will be work involved. You will have to put your hand to the plow. It is not just rise and wait for heaven to, you know, fall many bags of money in front of you. Not going to happen. It is rise and work. Put your hands to the plow. Get moving. Be faithful with what God has placed in your hand. How do you do that? Ma Matthew 5, uh, 25, 23 gives us a really good glimpse as to how Jesus, um, how how the view it gives a great glimpse to us as the view of God towards work, 
right? He says, there's, he's um, sharing a parable here, and the passage says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. What is he saying here? He's saying, I am going to give you little, and if you're faithful with the little, I will give you more. And then if you're faithful with more, I will give you much, right? God is not going to put you in a place of triumph at first. You have to be faithful with the little. You have to be faithful with the job you have been given. You have to be excellent with what has been placed in your hand. You have to value the one before you can get to the 100. You have to value the $10 and steward it wisely before he will give you $100, Right? We have to demonstrate our faithfulness with the little that has been placed in our hands so that God can then place us over much. Right? So, get up and work. The second thing I think is really interesting about that, take up your bed, is that God is saying, you are carrying with you your story. See, the man was laying in this bed for 38 years. He in this bed have been really well known, right, well acquainted, right? And Jesus said, don't leave your story behind. Don't leave it completely behind. You take up your bed and you walk. Why? Tell people what I have done in your life. Tell people that I have restored you. Tell people that I have redeemed you. Tell people that you were broken, but now you're not. Tell people that you didn't have peace, but now you do. Tell people that you didn't smile in years, but now you can smile again. Tell people what I have done in your life. Your story is God's glory. Your story is meant to worship our Father in heaven. So don't leave that story behind as if I am a new person. Forget that. I don't want to even be seen or related to that. But you know what? The truth is God redeemed you for a reason. He redeemed you so that you can help others find redemption. And your story is what will help someone else get to their place of victory. That's the weapon we carry. Carry your bed. Tell the world what Jesus has done for you. Right? Don't leave that behind. God is the redeemer and we need to remember to give him the glory that is his. The last part in this is he says walk. And this is the part where people normally faint a bit. Right? Because what he's saying here is keep moving forward. Don't stop. Walk. When you see my hand, walk. When you don't see my hand, walk. Keep going. Keep believing. Keep seeking. Keep walking. Keep moving it along. Never stop. God is never stopped. God is never not moving. And sometimes you see him, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you can really, it's like, oh, I see, I see God doing that. And then sometimes you're like, Ooh, right? But you don't stop moving. You don't stop doing the last thing he told you to do. You stay faithful. You remain faithful. You keep walking. You keep sharing. You keep believing. You keep going. That's what he told them. You walk. You don't stop. See, I find it interesting. We've been talking about this, this um, today being Palm Sunday and J.D., uh, touched on this passage that I want to read, um, which is so unbelievably, it's inspiring. And it's also like you see the heart of Jesus, right? Like you get throughout scriptures in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you get these glimpses of the heart of Jesus and how much he loved us and how much he still loves us. And this passage, spe passage specifically is, you know, where Jesus, again, the triumphal entry, and he enters into Jerusalem, and, and you know, everybody's like, Hosanna, and king, and all this, and he's coming in the donkey, which is totally weird, but yay, amazing. 
And then if you read a couple of verses down in Luke 19, right? Luke 19, verse 41 through 44. Listen to what Jesus says. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that made for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another, leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. <sighs> this passage. You did not know the time of your visitation. J Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem because Jerusalem missed it. They missed him. They missed the purpose of him. They missed, they didn't recognize what was happening in front of them. They didn't recognize the Savior that was coming to save the entire world. They missed it. And Jesus is standing in front of this man. The parallel in these two stories are quite amazing because Jesus is standing in front of this man and he's missing it. He's missing that Jesus is standing in front of him. He didn't really know. He didn't really know it was him and said he was missing it too. And I want to encourage you this morning because we can make the same mistake. We can miss it. We can miss Jesus speaking to us. We can miss his call for our lives. We can miss what he's trying to do because we're hyper-focused on everything else. And we don't see, we don't answer the call. I'm going to ask you again, do you recognize who is calling you? Are you too busy looking everywhere else? Do you see that Jesus is calling you into a life of purpose, of meaning, into a life that is designed to make an impact? That it's not only about you. Friends, if you live a life that's all about you, you are missing it. You're missing it. It is about the kingdom. There is a greater purpose. There is a greater call. And Jesus is calling us to rise and answer that call. Take up our stories. Take up what we've been walked through. Take up what our life has been about and walk. Walk towards others. Walk towards freedom. Walk towards everything that his kingdom is calling us into. My other point to you this morning is how much longer will you stay stuck? The man was stuck for 38 years. And maybe you have been suffering with that weakness for three years now. Maybe five, maybe ten. Maybe somebody hurt you back in high school and you still can't get over it. Maybe you have been carrying this limp with you because you just can't let go. You can't actually forgive. You can't. You can't. Right? Or maybe you're paralyzed because fear has taken over. Frank, friends, strong the series we've been talking about strong. Strong is not about avoiding weakness. Being strong is not about hiding your weakness. It's not about ignoring your weakness. We are strong when we recognize our need of a savior and we fall into his arms. That's when we become strong. When we understand that we are not entities unto ourselves. That we recognize our need of a savior. Now last week JD closed with what you get close to transforms you and I thought that was really powerful you know the Bible says abide in me in John 15 abide in me and what you are strong you get close to and I want to encourage you this morning 
to get close to your Savior, to answer the call and know that strong is a posture inside. It's a posture of your spirit, not a position, not a title, not a bank account. All of that will fail you. Not a wedding ring. Hey, hey, singles. Strong. You will be strong when you're close to the source of all strength. Right? Now how? Now we're, I'm getting ready to close here. Now how? Because we come up here on Sundays and we tell you the what. Right? We even tell you the why. I want to tell you something about the how today. Because some of you have been doing the same things over and over and you're expecting different results. Now, that's the definition of insanity, right? You do the same thing over and over and expect something different. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. If you want change, if you want something to happen, you have to change a few things. And the thing that I've learned about this walk with Jesus is that we need to get into community. If we want things to begin to change inside, we need to get close to our Savior and close to people who are getting close to our Savior. That's how it happens. Close to our Savior and close to people. A way to do that is to join a connect group. If you are here... And you have been saying over and over, I need things to change. 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 And you're like this sounding gong, but you haven't done anything different. And you have not joined the connect group. And you have not joined maybe one of the women's, the women's breakfast or the uh, women's brunch, men's breakfast or anything. I want to tell you something that you're missing out on change. You're missing out. Because we begin to change when we're rubbing shoulders with one another and we're learning from each other and we're pressing into the questions and actually asking the questions and not just staying inside with the questions and at home going, I don't understand, so therefore I give up. That's not how you grow. You grow by coming into community and, and, and coming here on Sundays and being a part of something and letting the Holy Spirit work from inside out. That's how growth happens. And so this morning, I want to tell you, if you have not taken that next step, the reality is that you're probably going to keep staying in the same place. You're going to stay in the same place because you have to take the next step. You have to go to the next level. You cannot be a visitor all the time. You have to become part of the family. You have to become part of the family. That's how things happen. That's how change happens. So if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to ask you guys to stand up for a minute, and I'm going to close.